Welcome to Get Up on ESPN. I'm Mike Greenberg in New York, and we begin this morning with a very difficult and frightening situation in Cincinnati last night during a Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals. We are not going to show you the specific play that took place, but the aftermath was as follows. With just over six minutes left in the first quarter of their game last night, Buffalo defensive back DeMar Hamlin tackled Bengals receiver T. Higgins. Hamlin got to his feet quickly, but then almost immediately fell to the ground. The Bills training staff immediately was on the field where they found Hamlin in cardiac arrest. They administered CPR and restored his heartbeat. Hamlin's Bills teammates and the coaching staff were clearly emotional watching the situation play out in front of them. Hamlin was taken off the field in an ambulance and transported to a Cincinnati hospital. The coaches, the Bills' Sean McDermott and the Bengals' Zach Taylor, met with game officials to discuss the next steps. The decision was made to temporarily suspend the game. Minutes later, those coaches met again outside the locker room, this time with game and NFL officials, and the decision was made that the game would be postponed. Now, our first priority all morning long here is going to bring you the very latest information we have on the condition of the young man. Here is what we know. The Bills tweeted this update overnight, 1.48 a.m. Eastern Time. DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. Uh, our coverage begins with our Coley Harvey, who is at the Cincinnati Hospital for us this morning. Coley, what can you share this morning? Uh, Mike, we can't share much else that we've uh, that we've learned from what we knew last night, what we heard from the Bills in that statement that you just read. I will add, however, that I just spoke moments ago with someone close to DeMar Hamlin, who's been in the hospital overnight. And what I can say is that uh, the family is is waiting hour by hour. They're waiting for those same kind of updates that we are. There ha just has not been anything that has been told to them at this moment. So uh, again, the update is that we're still kind of in this holding pattern until doctors feel comfortable uh, releasing that information to the family. And then uh, we will see what we hear from the bills at that point uh, as, as it, it gets filtered out to the rest of the public. Uh, what I can also tell you is about the mood, the scene here at the University of Cincinnati Medical Hospital. And it's a little bit different than what it was last night. At times last night, you, you saw fans of both teams, the Bills and the Bengals, showing up uh, in show of solidarity for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, a little bit of a candlelight vigil had formed at one point with, I would say, about 20 to 30 fans uh, huddled around uh, one of the, the intersections just outside the hospital. We're not seeing that this morning. A large part of the reason is because of the weather. Uh, we got rain about 11 p.m. last night, Eastern time, and it is continuing to fall. It's, it's slowed down a little bit from what we had just about an hour ago, but we still have those conditions. So that's probably keeping people in. But just judging from what we saw last night, I would imagine that uh, some of that support will come back during the day. And so the family is there at the hospital. The Bills team had to fly back to Buffalo uh, last night shortly after midnight. We'll explain the reasons for that shortly. But I know that Stefan Diggs was one of those who did make it over to the hospital and you saw him last night. I did. I just shortly after I got to the hospital, a few minutes later, uh, Stefan Diggs, the Bills receiver, got out of an Uber. Uh, as he was looking for a way to get into the emergency room, I'd noticed him, walked over to him, and kind of helped guide him towards the door. We actually got stopped by a police officer who's about a block from where I'm standing right now, who, who was just doing his job trying to make sure the right people need to be there. This is an officer who isn't too familiar with NFL football, so he didn't know who was standing with me. I kind of had to vouch for Stefan Diggs and say that not only is he one of the NFL's best players, but he's also a close teammate and friend of DeMar Hamlin, and uh, he eventually let Stefan go through. I will also note that the uh, person that I just referenced who's been inside this hospital uh, all night said that also there were Bills officials uh, present, uh, ownership was there, uh, Sean McDermott came through, so there have been Bills officials who did stop by at one point last night, but as you just mentioned, Greeny, uh, they are all back in Buffalo at this moment. All right, Coley Harvey, thank you so much. You stay there, and obviously, as any further information becomes available, we will pass it along here. That will be our first priority all morning long for the two hours that we're with you, and then, of course, all morning long for ESPN. Uh, Damar Hamlin, who is he? I'm sure many people are wondering. You want to know as much information about him as you can. He's 24 years old. He's from Pennsylvania. He went to Pitt. He was a sixth-round pick in the 2021 draft. 
Um, you see some of the numbers on his play. He's been a starter for much of this season, forced into action or pressed into action, I should say, because of injury and has played quite well. But none of that seems obviously to be the priority this morning. And so I bring you to the crew here. I'm imagining there are many people who are joining us this morning and, and interested in this story here who may not watch ESPN every morning. Dan Graziano is one of our foremost NFL insiders. Dominique Foxworth played many years in the NFL and was the president of the NFL Players Association. Mike Tannenbaum was a general manager for two different NFL teams, and Marcus Spears, another longtime NFL veteran with us as well. Dan, we will start with you. I know that you have been up all night long talking to everyone you can. What can you tell us? Yeah, the NFL did a conference call at, at uh, midnight with some of its top executives to sort of explain what happened on the field um, Start there, right? The, 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 the incident happens, the hit happens, he collapses. The medical personnel from both teams uh, surround him and treat him on the field. The Bills put out a statement early this morning saying that um, his heartbeat was restored while he was on the field. So obviously they're working there with the defibrillator, they're performing CPR. Um, that took about nine or ten minutes. They load him into an ambulance. The ambulance goes to the hospital, and, and that's where he is now, according to the team, uh, in critical condition. Uh, in terms of, uh, you heard uh, Coley explain the Bills went home. Like, they're, they're, you know, they don't logistically, teams check out of their hotel before a game and they fly home. So there was mm -hmm. nowhere for them to go but home. Uh, the status of the game is not something anyone's discussing right now. The NFL made it clear on this conference call, we will not be issuing any further updates on his, and DeMar Hamlin's medical condition or the status of the game going forward. The concern is simply for the player uh, and his health and well-being. And, and frankly, Based on everybody I've talked to last night and this morning, that's where both teams' heads are right now. So the discussion about what happens with the game, et cetera, that can't even happen until they get more information on his condition, uh, and, and ideally that being good news uh, at some point. So right now everything is in a holding pattern in terms of the football, as you would understand, in terms of uh, the health and well-being of the player, that is a, a matter, obviously, a private matter for the family, and, and, and obviously we'll, as soon as we hear anything, uh, we will bring it to you. All right, Mike Tannenbaum, uh, again, there is a process here, a procedure that was followed last night, and from what we can see, seems to have uh, worked quite well as the medical personnel were on the field. For those of you who were watching the game last night, which I would assume are many people, uh, it was within seconds that they were there, and as we have heard, they restored his heartbeat. Take us through what that pr process is and how often it has worked. Yeah, Greeny, and as Dan alluded, to the he DeMar Hamlin received immediate medical attention and that is something that is practiced and rehearsed in the offseason and it is done jointly with the NFLPA in terms of player health and safety protocols so um, hopefully he got the best medical care possible in this situation um, it's something that's rehearsed uh, in the offseason in training camp um, you're working in coordination with the opposing medical uh, team as well as local officials uh, ambulance, ambulance routes, uh, all the details necessary that in an unforeseen situation like last night, the players have the best chance uh, for the best medical care possible. And, and so, again, this is something that is, uh, I, you were telling us in our meeting this morning, this is something that during training camp, yeah. while the players are practicing, that this is the kind of thing they are actually rehearsing this. You will see, like, a, a team's medical staff will, in an indoor, you know, facility, They'll have the dummy out. They'll rehearse, you know, how soon does it take to get this machine up and working? How soon does it take to get this connected? They go over that so they're prepared for this situation. The teams and the officials go over emergency response preparedness before each game. You know, that 90 minutes before the game when the inactives are announced, this is another thing that's being talked about in that meeting between the teams and the officials. There's a level one trauma center in every NFL city, uh, and, and everybody knows where that is, so they knew exactly where DeMar Hamlin was going to be taken when that ambulance left, before that ambulance left uh, the stadium, they knew exactly where he was going. So this is one of those things you practice and practice and practice, hoping you never have to use, but last night is the reason they do it. And, and Green, just to add to that, like the one word I would use is coordination. Obviously, Buffalo was the visiting team, so they have to be coordinated with the home team's uh, medical staff, as well as, again, the ambulance, the, the route to the hospital. So all those details are certainly looked at before the game, and the home team obviously is going to, you know, dictate some of, you know, the pol the procedures in terms of which hospital things like that. But there is a lot of preparation and again coordination between the home team and the visiting team. I will repeat again that the last update that we have, medically speaking, was that tweet at 148 
a.m. Eastern time that describes Damar Hamlin as being in critical condition. We will pass along any information as soon as it is made available, obviously with sensitivity to the family and all of that being the primary consideration. Now, to the football players here and, and to whatever degree your experience, uh, Dominique, in the union is relevant to this, as we watch all of this play out, and you have heard this, and obviously we've all been now trying to process what it is that we've seen for about the last 10 hours. What are the thoughts on your mind today? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of emotions that go through your mind and your body when you, are, when you experience something like this. Um, I think all football players and probably all football fans, somewhere in the back of their mind, they knew something like this was possible. I know I did, but you never actually um, expect it to happen. And we know that even the league, the idea that they practice all this stuff and these routines are in place is because we all recognize how dangerous this game is and how dangerous it can be. I've been a part of a number of games and situations, frankly, where things like this, things that are very kind of scary like this, nothing as bad as this have happened. So when you wake up, I remember um, playing in Buffalo, actually, when Kevin Everett I was paralyzed on that kickoff. I was on the field for that kickoff when that happened. And he was carted off the field. And we all were really uncomfortable for a few minutes. And you start thinking, as selfish as it sounds, is after you kneel and pray for him, you start thinking about yourself. And like, oh, sure. I'm about to go back out there and do the same thing that just happened to him. But having been around football like your entire life, that's what you do. And you go out there and do it, which is why I think we all reacted so like emotionally to seeing Josh Allen's face last night, to seeing tears streaming down Stefan Diggs's face last night, to see them holding each other. Because we know, like we saw earlier in the year when Tua had that bad injury, we all were scared. We all were uncomfortable. All the players on the field were like visibly shaken by it. But we kind of know this is football and you go back out there and you play. When we saw that, when we came back from commercial last night and I saw tears running down Stephon Diggs' face and I saw Josh Allen covering his mouth, my mind went to the worst possible place. And I know that I had another situation where, uh, and this is not exactly um, comparable, but Darren Williams on New Year's Day, we, on New Year's Eve, we woke up. I played for the Broncos in my second year with the Broncos. We woke up. If we beat the 49ers, we get into the playoffs. If we lose, we're out of the playoffs. So that morning I woke up, and I thought the worst possible thing that could happen that day was we could lose and be out of the playoffs. Mm. We lost. We're out of the playoffs. My girlfriend, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, and I went to dinner um, New Year's Eve. We went home and went to bed. At about early the next morning, Champ Bailey called me and said, Darren had been shot. And we went to the hospital and sat around with teammates who had blood on their clothes and we knew that we had lost them. And it's like one of those things where you have no idea like how scary things can be and how upsetting they can get. And it just puts everything in perspective. And I mean, we'll be talking about this all day, so I don't want to monopolize too much of this time. But my mind went to a ton of different places and I think like one of the more surprising things is like how angry I felt last night. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably felt angry because I had to like throw my phone in the corner and I left my hotel and I just walked around the city for a couple hours because looking at social media, everyone's mad at Roger Goodell for not acting fast enough. You're mad at football. You're mad at this. You're mad at all because you don't know what to do with that emotion. And I understand people process differently, but watching everyone else get angry made me angry, frankly, because, and this is where my union background, I think ties in some, mm. is y'all don't give a damn about us for real, <laughs> you know? And that's what like really pisses me off is everyone's up in arms and everyone's like grandstanding to a degree about how much you care about these players and how much you are praying for them. But, Football's not going to go away, nor do I want it to go away. It's far too lucrative, and people love it too much, including the players. But what I would hope is that away from moments like this, you remember that these things can happen. So again, as a former union president, when we are fighting in the CBA to, uh, for uh, financial opportunities or for health and safety considerations, don't call us greedy. <laughs> like this, just, just and so there is no cap 
as we have learned, there is no cap to the amount of risk that the players are taking. There is no cap to that. And I know money's not all that important, but let's be honest, that's, that is America's love language, is financial. But there is a salary cap on the amount of players. And so there's a cap to the amount of risk. And I don't mean any disrespect to Robert Kraft or, or um, Jerry Jones or Shad Khan or Clark Hunt or any of the owners of teams. Like, they deserve to make a ton of money. Cool. Knock yourself out. But there's a cap to the amount of risk that they are taking when they show up to the games on Sunday. The worst thing that can happen to them is they're going to lose a football game. There is no cap to the amount of risk that the players are taking to entertain us and to make a lot of money. So, like, I understand that maybe it makes people uncomfortable for me to be talking about salary caps this morning. But I always go back to that because not every the small percentage of the players who play professional football make an amount of money that is life-changing. They all deserve it. Well said, Dominique. Thank you. Marcus, I'll come to you. And, and um, you know, there were those moments. We've all seen them because injuries are so commonplace in pro football and some that look scary in the moment. Very few that wind up having these kinds of ramifications. Um, but the comment was made earlier this morning that one of the reasons that the players put the thumbs up so frequently right. when they're coming off the field is not only to let their families know they're okay, but to let their teammates, to let everyone know that they're okay. So when we don't get that, it feels very different. And, of course, we didn't get it last night. Uh, Marcus, what thoughts are going through your mind this morning? Um, gee, this is the sobering reality. And, and I know uh, Foxy just eloquently talked about, you know, the league and players' mentality, but we don't ever think this is going to happen. The reality is we don't think we'll ever see anything like this happen. We know it can happen. And Graz and, and, and Mike T talked about the, the procedures and the things that medical staffs and training staffs go through um, to be ready for situations like this. But the reality is we don't ever think it's going to happen. And the, the number one thing that tells you that we don't ever think this is going to happen is the reaction of the Buffalo Bills players and the Cincinnati Bengals players. Um, it is different when you are standing in the midst of somebody fighting for their life. Like, we'll come on here and we'll talk about it. And we all were in a position last night as former players, as football players, as family members, just people, humans, um, that, that were watching the events of last night unfold and thinking to ourselves, this is the worst that we've ever seen from the NFL. And this is the worst thing that we've ever seen as a byproduct of playing this game that so many people in this country love. I know my mind went to his mother. That's where my mind went to. I thought about, um, and I actually called my mom, texted my mom, and my dad called me who was very emotional. Because a lot of times your parents um, are along with this opportunistic dream that you have to play in the NFL. Um, my dream to play in the NFL was to take care of my family. That is why I wanted to play this game. And I'm sure in any roundabout way, if you poll 100% of players in the NFL, we play this game more than just for glory, more than just for being famous or playing for a team or making a lot of money. We play this game to legitimately change the lives of the people that were there to help us get to that point. And the emotional part for me hit when I thought about the track that his mom had to make from the stands, from enjoying seeing her six-round drafted son have an opportunity to play in this game to it flipping in a matter of seconds to going into an ambulance with him hoping that she would be able to see her son again. Like, that is a different... That is not up for us to try to decipher. Those are the feelings that we're not trying to decipher. But I know for a fact, I texted my mom and I said, never thought about the fact that you could be in this position. And Foxy talks about it and we've seen injuries, we've seen the head trauma, we've seen the hits, we've seen players that we were absolutely scared for. And to his point, even off the field, losing players while I was in Dallas or him, the Durant situation when he was in Denver, we never think this is going to happen. 
People are on television and we're trying to talk about it. We're trying to give good perspective because that is our job. You don't ever think that you would be talking about the potential loss of life. We know that it's in there. We know, like Foxy said, that it is in the back of your mind that these things can happen. We don't ever plan on seeing this. Mm. We don't ever think it's going to get to a point where we will have anchors and reporters and analysts coming on television. We are sitting in the moment of waiting for news about DeMar Hamlin life. That is different. That is a different type of thing to analyze. That's a different type type of thing to report on. That's a different type of thing as a teammate and a player and a brother for you to try to process. Last night, when this decision was was being made to whether to suspend the game or cancel the game, you are sitting there and you know that there are procedures and protocol. If you take a beat and you think to yourself, okay, this is a massive event that's going on. There are things that are transpiring in the background, and I'm sure frantically, I'm sure happening fast, but not in the timing of us watching this play out in real time. And we're saying to ourselves, cancel the game. And G, a, a big part of me saying cancel the game was the fact that the intense amount of thought, the intense amount of energy it takes to play a professional football game was lost. DeMar Hamlin was on his way to a hospital to fight for his life, and his teammates were in the stadium, and no way could they get their minds back to play a football game. Yeah. Because you cannot return from what we are at home watching this and we can't turn the TV off and return to any general thought that we had about this game. So there was no way that these guys could return or even have a thought about stepping back out on that field while their brother, their teammate is is fighting for his life. So I just we are it is very sober. It, it is a reality that we all know exists, but it exists a million miles away from any thought anytime we turn a football game on on Monday, Sunday, or Thursday. This is never something that we think is going to happen. Players, family members, and fans. And here we are today, and it's nobody's fault because DeMar Hamlin, I'm sure, was doing what he dreamed of doing in playing football in the National Football League. It's a dream that most of us have that we fight hard for to try to attain. Nobody is thinking about that right now. We just hope that we get news that DeMar Hamlin will come through this and he'll have his life because football will go on, games will be played, we will talk about the playoffs, we will get into all of that. And you guys know me as well as anybody. I love coming on television and laughing and having a good time and making sure that people that are watching us are enjoying it. Nothing's funny. Yeah. Nothing's funny about today. Nothing is exciting about today outside of the fact that we are hoping that we get news that DeMar Hamlin can come through this. That's it. And, of course, if there is any information, we will pass it along immediately. The latest that we have is that DeMar Hamlin is sedated and in critical condition. That is from a tweet from the Buffalo Bills at 1.48 a.m. Eastern Time. We will continue to keep you posted. And as Marcus said, it's not always easy to know exactly what to say on days like this. We will continue trying to find the right words. I can tell you that DeMar Hamlin in 2020 started a GoFundMe to purchase toys for children in his community. The initial goal of that fund was $2,500. It has now garnered more than $3 million dollars in donations. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. We'll be right back. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. 
For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement macy's gift finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both you can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under you can also sort by category like fragrance handbags and more or gift lists like for the mom who has everything pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma find top brands like studio pro model beats headphones polaroid cameras and samsung smart tvs so what are you waiting for mother's day is may 12th it'll be here before you know it Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back on Get Up here on ESPN as we approach the bottom of the hour. For those of you just waking up and joining us, we are covering this morning the very frightening scene that took place last night in a Monday night football game between the Bengals and the Bills involving that young man, a Bills defensive back, Damar Hamlin. We're not showing you the play in which it took place, but this was the aftermath. Hamlin tackled Bengals receiver T. Higgins, Hamlin then got to his feet quickly, but almost as quickly again fell to the ground. The Bills training staff was immediately on the field. They found Hamlin in cardiac arrest. They administered CPR. They were able to get his heart beating. Hamlin's Bills teammates and the coaching staff were emotional watching the situation which played out in front of them. Ultimately, he was taken off the field in an ambulance and transported to a Cincinnati hospital. The Bills coach, Sean McDermott, the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor, met with game officials. The initial decision was to temporarily suspend the game and then after that, minutes later, they met again outside the locker room with game and NFL officials where the decision was made that the game would be postponed. Shortly after that last night, our teammate, Ryan Clark, gave this reaction on SportsCenter. The first thing, this is, this, um, this is about DeMar Hamlin. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, 
we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was gonna make it. And now this team has to deal with that and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. So that was RC last night with SVP. And as we continue our conversation on a get up this morning, uh, over the 30 years that I've been covering sports, there is not a person whose perspective I admire more or am more interested to hear today more and our friend Herman Edwards, who played in the National Football League for a long time, was a head coach in the National Football League for a long time, and then on the college level most recently, Herman. And so as you have now been, as the rest of us, processing this for the last 10 hours or however long it has been, what, what thoughts are going through your mind today, Herman? Well, it's, it's difficult to process it all. Um, I, I was reflecting last night when I visited with my wife. She was watching the game in California, and I was sitting in the hotel room watching the game. Uh, been involved in this game for 55 years, 55 years as a player, a high school player, college player, professional player, and as a coach, and uh, never witnessed anything like this for 55 years. Never, and, 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 you know, when you, when you sit there and you watch this, the first thing that comes to my mind as a coach, what do you say to your players? How, 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 what am I supposed to say? There's no, there's no playbook for this. Uh, you sit there and you watch this and going, well, is he going to be okay? Because that's all players want to know. I say this is a former player. You know, players get injured. You understand this. This is a game of competitive violence within the framework of the rules. And there's injuries. You see that. And players, you know, generally you go over there, the coach goes over there, and the, and the player's down, and you ask him, is he okay, coach him, will be okay, and, you know, and then he leaves the field, and everybody kind of goes back to doing what they do. This last night was an eerie feeling. And you could tell as it continued to, to stay quiet, something was wrong. Something was visually wrong when you watched this, right? And there's no answers for this. You know, this is a game that, and Ryan said a career. Football is not a career. It's an opportunity. You have a short shelf life as a football player. As a player, it's going to end. It ends. It just ends. Sometimes it ends after high school. Sometimes it ends after college. Sometimes it ends after pro football. But there's no, there's no time set we're saying that you get to play so long. No, it's an opportunity. And I used to tell players that all the time. Hey, when you go on the field, man, you got an opportunity, right? And you want to get through the day as a coach, in my mind, I always used to pray for my players when we just went to practice that they get through the day. Just get through the day where there's no injuries, right? You pray that, I prayed that every day before I walked on the football field as a coach. I just want to make sure my players walk off the field together, right? And when you watch this last night, you go, a five-minute break? What do you mean a five-minute break? There's no five-minute break. You can't play. That's the first thing that came in my mind. They cannot go back and play this game. We don't know what is wrong with our teammate right now. We're not going to play football. And, and so the league, you know, came around and said, hey, we're, we're postponing the game. Correct thing to do. There's no way these players can play. It was, it was, it was, it was not even close. 
what I took from this was this, that we play this game and we coach this game that we all love. We have all these fans that love the game of football. This is not normal. This is not what we anticipate seeing. We don't know how to, we don't know how to process this. We're angry. We're emotional right now. We have no answers. Really, I've never seen this. Yeah. I, I, I think, I've never witnessed anything like this in 55 years. I, I, think, I think all of us feel very similarly to that, Herman. And, and, and so as we continue to sit here and think of the right things to pass along, the most important thing I think we can do this morning is to make sure that for all football fans and others everywhere, we pass along as much information as we do have. So, Dan our insider here, for those who are just joining us here or have at the bottom of the hour. Just catch up on anything it is that we do know regarding what happened last night and the condition and everything we know going forward. First and foremost, the condition, all we have, the latest we have is the statement from the Buffalo Bills early this morning, about 2 o'clock this morning, saying that he was in critical condition, that, that uh, he had received treatment on the field, that they had, um, they had restarted his heart on the field before loading him into the ambulance. Uh, so we wait for more on that. Uh, in terms of what happened, you know, the hit happened. Medical personnel from both teams immediately react. Um, he gets the treatment he needs on the field. He gets loaded into an ambulance, uh, taken to the hospital, a level one trauma center in Cincinnati, um, where, you know, ideally he'll get the best, the care, the care that he needs. Um, the league made the decision to postpone the game. The, the, Joe Buck said on the broadcast they were given five minutes to warm up and resume. Troy Vincent, the league official that was on the conference call at midnight, said he didn't know where that information came from. I, I don't know where that information came from. I think there may be some standard operating procedure in, in the event, of, and maybe one of the officials communicated that. But obviously the coaches got together. Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott determined that their players were not in a position to go back on the field. And Troy Vincent said that last night on the call. He said, he, you know, he played 15 years in the league. Mm. He said, I've never seen anything like this in my time. He said, I can't imagine how you could go back out there and play after having witnessed a traumatic event like that. So really, that's where we are. I wish I had more information to share. I'm, I'm trying as respectfully as I can to get it. This isn't one of those stories as a reporter that you're going to be as aggressive as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, when we get stuff... Um, we, will, we will share it. But as of now, the latest we know is he's in critical condition in a hospital in Cincinnati. We also know the Buffalo Bills players, the rest of them did fly right. back to Buffalo last night. Um, and then the, 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 really that's just a mechanical thing more than anything else. The players check out of a hotel before yeah, they yeah. leave. It, and when the game is over, there's really nowhere else for them to go. So they are back in Buffalo. The mechanics of how and when and whether or not this game will ultimately be finished feel so far into the future right now. There will come a time when those conversations will take place. That conversation, that time is not now to be having that conversation. So, Dominique Foxworth, again, what, what can you imagine is going on just as, as those players were flying back, as those players yeah. then go their separate ways? Some of them, I'm sure, in Buffalo are in the facility today. For the Bengals players as well, perhaps not as close to DeMar Hamlin as the Bills players would be, but a shock to the system for anyone who was there to see it. They actually know him. Most people didn't know yeah. DeMar Hamlin's name yesterday before the game started. Right. So all that you are feeling has got to be multiplied because they're actually his friend. <laughs> you know, they've actually gone through training camp with him, a couple of seasons with him. They are shaken. And, I, again, to go back to the experience I had, I had two teammates die when I was in, um, in uh, Denver. One of them from a heart condition. The other one was um, shot. And we just wanted to be together yeah. because no one really understood what we were feeling. But us, we didn't know how to talk about it. We didn't know how to feel. We didn't know what to say. I will bring this up also is the thing that keeps going through my mind. And of course, all of our thoughts and prayers and hopes are with Damar Hamlin is this is an isolated incident that we could see with our eyes. It makes it feel like shocking because it happened immediately. But Coach just mentioned how we play a game that is about, like, organized violence. There are so many players <laughs> who, whose lives have been ruined, frankly, from the result of CTE and the result of this game. But it happens slowly. Players like Junior Seau, like Dave Dewerson, like Mike Webster. And we are talking about this, like, um, like 
Damar Hamlin is the first and only player to have this happen. And again, this is tied into like my union background is please care about all of us like this. And there are so many of us who have terrible things happen, but because it's slow and they're older players and they no longer have value to your team, you don't care until they die, frankly, and then you're like, let's remember them. So as much love and support that I hope goes to DeMar Hamlin, I hope we also understand that there are lots of players out there right now mm. that are doing damage to their bodies and brains, and they will pay that price going forward. And there are several, there are thousands of players in the past who have done that also. They matter too. His family it was in the ambulance. His mother was in the ambulance with him as he was taken to the hospital last night. They are uh, in the hospital with him as we speak. I'm going to come back for more of this, Marcus. I will come in a moment. Uh, I want to show some of the Twitter reaction here, as that is the place that so many people offer reaction these days and players around the NFL like Patrick Mahomes tweeting last night, praying hard, please be okay, man. You can almost see the shock in the words. Jim Kelly, who, of course, played in this league for so many years, tweeting, never before have I ever witnessed anything like this. The game doesn't matter. P praying for DeMar and his family. He, of course, is a, a, a Buffalo Bill and close to this, particularly close to the situation. Ryan Shazier, who had uh, serious health ramifications from an injury on the football field, tweeting prayers for Hamlin. I hope that everything is okay. We will continue our coverage in just a moment. Again, as there is any information on the condition of DeMar Hamlin, you will hear it here as we continue right after this. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We are back on Get Up on ESPN, continuing our coverage of the very frightening events of last night, Monday Night Football in Cincinnati. Uh, and just over six minutes left in the first quarter of a game between the Bills and the Bengals. And Bills defensive back DeMar Hamlin tackled the Bengals receiver, T. Higgins. We're not going to show you the play, but here is the aftermath. Hamlin got to his feet immediately after the play, then almost as quickly fell to the ground. The Bills training staff were on the field very quickly. They found Hamlin in cardiac arrest. They administered CPR. They restored his heartbeat. Hamlin's Bills teammates and the coaching staff were clearly emotional as they watched the situation play out in front of them. Hamlin was then taken off the field in an ambulance, transported to a Cincinnati hospital where he remains. 
The Bills coach Sean McDermott, the Bengals coach Zach Taylor, they met with game officials. They discussed the next steps. The initial decision was to temporarily suspend the game. Then minutes later, they met again with game and NFL officials, and it was decided the game would be postponed. The Bills players some hours later flew back to Buffalo. Our Booger McFarland was there and had this reaction after it all took place. We break bones. We, we, we have surgeries. We get concussions. And like as football players, we're conditioned to deal with those things. Like that's a part of our game. When, when you bring CPR out, you're trying to help someone breathe. We're talking life or death now. That's, that's, that's totally different than anything that I've ever been used to dealing with on the field. I've never seen it on the field. Like that's real. Like this is what we do is just a game. When you when you involve life and death, it's it's totally it's totally different. And those players feel that. Everybody in that stadium feels that. Both teams feel that. That's that's something. Again, the rule is when we go compete, mm -hmm. we're going to compete, and then we're going to go home to our families. When when we involve life and death, and that that's that man, that's tough. It's been striking to see all of the former players that we have, including those here, struggling to process this. Our Bills reporter is Elena Getzenberg. She is at the University of Cincinnati Hospital this morning, where Damar Hamlin was taken and remains in critical condition. Uh, Elena, what can you tell us about Damar Hamlin? You know, it's interesting because you think you see everything going on with Damar Hamlin and this toy drive where you, people have given over $3 million overnight in honor of his toy drive. And I think it's important to note about Damar Hamlin, this is his third annual toy drive and his second year in the NFL. He is someone who's incredibly giving, especially back to his community in Pittsburgh, where he is from. He does a lot of events there, wanting to help that community he grew up in. He didn't have the easiest upbringing. He saw a lot of friends die, but he's gone back and supported that community. And when I think of Damar Hamlin, I think of a well-liked guy in that locker room and someone who actually saw his close friend and former Pitt teammate also taken off the field in an ambulance earlier this season in week two. And I can remember Damar Hamlin saying after that game, life is so much bigger than football. I think that says a lot about him. He saw everything that was so much more important and also was an incredibly hardworking guy, staying after practice to work. And he's a sixth round pick and worked his way into his position and is someone who puts in that extra effort and just a guy who's incredibly well liked and someone who has worked very hard to get to where he is. All right, Elena, stay close by with us if you would be so kind. And we will come back to you if there is any further information there again at the hospital where Damar Hamlin's family is with him. I bring it back to our desk here. And so, again, uh, Marcus Spears, uh, we, we are accustomed. And I heard Booger McFarland, who's someone that you've obviously known for so long and played the same college. And we all know Booger here so well. The football players walk out onto that field understanding that there are inherent risks and that things might happen to your knee or your Achilles or your shoulder. And everyone goes in with knowledge of that, but it has been striking to me this morning to watch you and some of the other former players that we've heard from who are having so much difficulty processing what it is that we saw last night. Gee, and, and you, you, you ripped off the list of things. Those are the things that we accept. And it's not normal to, to a normal everyday citizen that those are the things that we accept. We've, we've, we've talked about CT. We've talked about the things that transpire from playing this game. And there'll be droves of football players that want to play in the NFL. There'll be kids going out for Little League. There'll be high school teams where a kid will get make his high school football team and it'll be his dream to play football, either where his dad played or his brother played. It'll be kids that sign on with college. And we talk about all of these ancillary things that go on around the game. And sometimes we forget to humanize that this is people's dreams. And they are willing to risk a lot of things that are very unhealthy to accomplish those dreams. And what I was going to say, man, is that there are hospital wards. There are places all over this country where parents are hoping that their kids come out of something. There are people that have dealt with this. There are people that have lost children. One of my good friends lost his child, lost, lost their child. Um, I think for me, and what I've been trying to, the hard thing for me to process is we will talk about this, like I said, and we will have these conversations and we will talk about how dangerous the game is. But there is a family, there are families all across this country, but in particular, the Mar Hamlin family that will deal with this the rest of their life. And whether, he, whether it's 
emotional. And God, we hope he pulls through and we hope he's safe. But that is not going to make this go away because they will have the real reality about what can transpire playing this game. And you don't say that, and Foxy, and I can I can see, for everybody that don't know Foxy, Foxy is a guy that is very, um, he's very to the point. I've been knowing him, I've been knowing you now, Foxy, for seven years that we've been working. I knew you in the league from run-ins, but it, this is, it's always been easy for you to speak on things. Not this one. <laughs> Not this one. Because the other part of it is, and, and we're we're parents. Like we're parents, man. Yep. And the hard, the hard thing for me was thinking about, and I've had this conversation with my own son. Do you want to play this game? Uh and let him go out for football. And I gotta be a hundred percent honest, as much as I love this game. When he told me all I wanted to do was hoop dad, I was I was probably happier about that decision. Than, than any he's made up until this point, that he just wanted to play basketball. And I'm not – I loved playing football, man. Like, it was the, the, the Sunday, the running out on the field on Saturday, the playing in front of hundreds of thousand people. It is nothing you can do to replicate that because, like so many, we're living our dream, but we also have worked for this. Mm-hmm. And that's what comes to my mind with DeMar Hamlet. Dude, it's hard for a six-round pick. I was I was drafted in the first round. I was going to get so many chances to play this game, whether I was good or not. I was going to get so many chances and so many opportunities because of the perception that people would have because I was a first-round draft pick. For a six-round six draft pick to be playing and living his dream for a team in contention that we've talked about having the opportunity to win a Super Bowl, I'm sure his family was enjoying and relishing in that moment seeing him play in this game. And now they're in this situation. So I want everybody to remember that there is a family in Cincinnati right now while Buffalo Bills players have went home and we talk about and lament about this on television that is waiting for this news from doctors about how their life will be affected and how their futures will be. I just want everybody to keep that in mind as we talk more about where we go from here after what we've watched. The latest update that we have was from shortly before 2 a.m. Eastern time. We will come back again in just a moment with more coverage on this. And if there is any further information on the condition of the Bills' DeMar Hamlin, we will pass it along immediately. You are watching Get Up on ESPN. 